When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Drags. It's Wednesday, December 26th. Happy Boxing Day, and it's time for episode 277 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us, of course, at clnsmedia.com, and follow us on Twitter at Patriots CLNS. The Patriots are AFC champs for a 10th straight season, but are there stormy clouds on the horizon? Thanks to the last-second field goal from the Eagles in Philadelphia, beating the Texans 32-30. to The 10-5 and Patriots now control their own destiny in the final week, having to just beat the New York Jets at Gillette next Sunday to clinch the number two seed and a first-round bye. But the concern over Tom Brady's left knee continues to hang over everybody in Foxborough. He insisted after the game on Sunday, that 24-12 to underwhelming win over the Bills, that his knee is 100% and that he is not going to have a problem heading into the playoffs. But the results suggested otherwise. He was 13-24, of 24, just 126 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions, certainly one of them off Gronk's hands, not really his fault. As our own Evan Lazar pointed out on Twitter on Monday morning, Brady did not complete a single pass over 10 yards, did not attempt to pass over 20 yards, and was 0 for 3 in passes in the 10 to 20 yard range. To break this all down is Alex Barth, my colleague at CLNS who covers the Patriots with Evan and myself. Alex, welcome. Thank you for having me. How's it going? Uh, not bad, Alex. You had a, by the way, before we get on to all the Brady talk, you had a very busy uh, an honorable day on Sunday <laughs> in terms of putting in a full day's work. Of course, you covered the Patriots game with myself and Evan, and then you uh, beat feet out of um, uh, Gillette Stadium and headed up to see the Celtics dismantle the uh, Charlotte Hornets. By the way, that was much needed, huh? For the Celtics? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, all the talk is about that that team meeting. Maybe that's what the Patriots need, a little, a little players-only meeting. I know they won, but... Uh, at least to get the offense back on track here heading into the playoffs. I think the the Patriots uh, will be fine. I think, you know, and it's funny you bring that up. Uh, what ails the Celtics is not what ails the uh, Patriots no, at all. I think they're the Patriots have always been uh, unified, and if you're not of the same mindset going into training camp, let alone the regular season, you're not on the roster. And I think one thing the Patriots have always done is – uh, let the players run the locker room and identify who's all on board and who's not. And I think maybe that's one of the subtle differences uh, at the start of the Celtics season as opposed to the way it usually is with the Patriots. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, and this, not to say it's Patriots' problem, but the Celtics looking for guys, none of them have really been there, done that. The Patriots know what it takes to win a championship, and I think their biggest problem right now is they know that they're not playing at the level, even after the win yesterday, the vibe you got um, from a lot of the players on the team, they know they're not playing at a championship level right now. They know that they can bring their game up to, to another tier just for one reason or another. They haven't been able to do that so far in December. 
which is very uncharacteristic of them. This is normally their month, and uh, everything else is breaking their way like it usually does when you <laughs> hit the last month of the calendar. Uh, with You mentioned the Texans-Eagles result. You had the Chiefs lose last night. Uh, the Steelers lost. Might knock them out of the playoffs. So December, once again, loves the Patriots. Uh, we'll see if, if, if they can take uh, take those decisions they got in Week 16 and put them towards a bye. And maybe, maybe the one seed in Week 17. You can't blame Tom Brady if he's protecting that left knee and trying to get himself 100% ready for the playoffs, can you? I don't. No. Um, I mean, obviously, we'd like to know if that was the case, which we we never would. He wouldn't come out and say that. But, yeah, I think his play speaks for itself. That's the whole point. You know, we have to right. deduce in watching the way he's playing, the way he's not stepping into throws, uh, and you step into throws with your left leg, right, if you're a right-handed passer. And uh, that's what he's not been doing a lot of, and he's not, uh, certainly on Sunday, he didn't uh, dial up the long ball. And that was more than just, you know, Josh Gordon being suspended and off the team for the rest of the year. Um, it was the way he was throwing the ball – it just looked like, um, you know, he just doesn't feel comfortable stepping into throws. There was that one throw that myself and Evan pointed out uh, that was Cord- off to Cordell Patterson's uh, left, and he was running a pretty short route, you know, a dig route on the uh, sideline uh, or an out pattern on the sidelines, and and Tom threw it at his feet. Uh, like a couple yards in front of his feet, I think, and I said this after the game, if he's not hurt, that's what's scary to me. Right. If he's hurt, this all makes sense. It's a Week 16 game against Buffalo. They're running the ball well. The defense is playing great. There's no need for him to go out and throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns because they could win the game without it, and he can essentially take the week off. Sure. If, if he's doing that to, to take care of his health, and he knows, okay, I'll have next week against the Jets and the bye, and I can get myself right, and I can get in with, with Alex Guerrero and get my massages and all that, and I'll feel good for the playoffs. Fine. I know it's frustrating to watch, but you know, there's really no better option. If he's hurt, he's hurt. If he's healthy and this is what he's doing, that's a major, major issue. Because if this is him at 100%, this team doesn't have a quarterback. They can't win. And I know this is contrary to your column. They can win a game here or there. They can't win a championship with Tom Brady playing at this level. You know, my column was more about they don't have to rely so much on Tom, but they need him playing um, better than he did on Sunday right. against the Bills. There's no – I don't think anybody would uh, dispute that. I mean, as Bill Belichick admitted as much pretty much after the game, although he did say, you know, if the passing game's not going, we'll get the production out of the running game, but it could be better. Well, that's essentially uh, as much as Belichick is ever going to say criticizing the passing game uh, with Tom Brady at the controls. Yeah, and obviously their relationship has been a lot better than this year, and I think uh, a lot of people expected it to be uh, back in September, and Bill may be doing his best to kind of take some of that focus off of Tom Brady, take some of that focus off of him dealing with all these injury questions and talk more about the running game, put the focus on the offensive line, on Sony Michelle. But again, you, you're just getting back to, to, to the crux of the point. They need Brady to be better than this, no matter how good the offensive line is. If you're going up against a team like the Chiefs in the playoffs, you can't beat that team running the ball 30 times, no matter how well you run it, because they have that quick strike ability that just doesn't come with a running back like Sony Michelle or James White, as good as those guys are. They need Tom Brady to fix whatever it is that's ailing him because they, I mean, we saw it earlier this year. We know what Tom Brady needs to be 
for the Patriots to beat the Chiefs, and that was at Gillette. So for Brady to be short of that has to raise some red flags. Now, I, if he is hurt, here's the thing. If it was something serious, I don't think he would be playing because even though he is 41, he still is the quarterback of this team next year and maybe the year after that. They would take care of him. So the fact he's still playing leads me to believe that they think that whatever the injury is, if there is one, I should say, whatever the alleged injury is, he can get back into form for the playoffs. And if he can get back into form for the playoffs, things are going to look very differently offensively for the Patriots. It's also important to note, Alex, that on WEEI on Monday morning, he walked back some of those comments saying that he you know, felt 100% and he's totally fine, saying it doesn't do him any good to discuss his health issues or his um, health status. And to me, when you walk it back like that, obviously Tom's, you know, trying to parse his words very, very carefully because he doesn't want to say that he's, I don't think, 100%. I think if he had to do it over again, he would have said, I'm fine after the game and not be so strident in his position that he's 100% because, like you said, if if that's really Tom Brady himself feeling he's 100% physically, then there are problems. Right, and I'm, there's a line he loves to go, they all love to go to it down there in Fox, but I'm surprised we haven't heard, everybody's banged up in at this point of the year, right? They always say that everybody's got bumps and bruises in December. Right. It is true. You don't play a full football season. Even the kickers are feeling it, and the punters are feeling it at this point, except for maybe Matt Bosher, who tossed Kenyon Barner yesterday. He looks like he's feeling great. But That was awesome, by the way. That was so – That was and then to, to stand over him and flex, that was so funny. And then to see Jordan Richards get so fired up, because Jordan Richards has never seen a tackle like that. Jordan, Jordan Richards is going to be taking tackling hints from uh, Matt Bosher. But, yeah, I'm surprised we haven't heard that company line of everybody's a little banged up in December because – when they go to that line, we in the media normally just write that off. Like, All right. Yep. Okay, cool. It is what it is. Um, the fact he hasn't gone to that leads me to believe it's not the usual bumps and bruises because that's the usual line. And he's going away from it, which means this isn't how he normally feels at this point of the year. There's something else going on. Speaking with Alex Barth, my colleague covering the Patriots for CLNS. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about a new wellness brand for men. It's called Hims. With the windy winter months upon us, I want my skin to feel clean and fresh. That's why I swear by Hims Everyday Moisturizer. It's a daily moisturizer that you won't want to give up on because it won't give up on you. This light moisturizer helps Keep your skin from looking overly shiny or oily. Hims is also great for another common problem, hair loss. 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. Thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. The solution for Hims.com. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can now be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. Order now, my listeners get a trial month of Hims for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See their website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash trags. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-R-A-G-S forhims.com slash trags. Catching up with CLNS Media's very own Alex Barth. Okay, uh, our colleague Evan Lazar 
and came up with some interesting points after the game on Sunday, one of which was how the Patriots' defense might be able to carry the this Patriots team at least a good deal of it uh, in the playoffs. And I think, you know, Alex, when you take a look at the way the Patriots' defense played on Sunday and won the line of scrimmage, like Evan was pointing out after the game, that's what they're going to need going into the playoffs. And I said this to you after the game, who would have thought that here we are in December looking at week 17 and the, the defense is the sure thing and the offense is the wild card. It, it's a little right. surprising, but this this is one of Bill Belichick's better jobs. You can talk about some of the issues he's had this year, and they, they certainly exist, but this was a group that seriously struggled early on, and he's brought them together. And, you know, sure, it's the Bills, but given the consensus around New England seemed to be that Josh Allen was going to break the quarterback rushing record against them. Uh, and then they hold him to what they did. I think we have to give them credit. It's really three great games in four weeks. If you take out Miami and Pittsburgh's no joke, that Minnesota offense is no joke. Remember, they shut down Green Bay earlier in the season. They're not the most talented unit. And this is such a hallmark of Bill Belichick teams on both sides of the ball. And I feel like this year's another great example of it. They're not the most talented unit, but, but every they all fit each other so well. There's such complementary pieces in that you have guys that do one specific thing very well, and then he's next to a guy that maybe is better at his weakness. And uh, just just the, the unit they've assembled defensively and the way they've been able to plug pieces in, we've seen throughout the season, has given them the ability uh, to be really flexible defensively. And I think that's helped. You look at a development like the Amoeba defense, or as they call it, the Windows defense, you have to have guys with very high football IQ with a very quick reaction time. And they were able to bring those guys in. And that defense has been huge. We saw it twice yesterday, at least twice. If I'm missing one, I apologize. Uh, where Josh Allen had to burn timeouts early in quarters because he he didn't know what he was looking at. And he's not the only one who's been in, uh, gotten by that. More veteran quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins have had trouble figuring that out. So that's just one example of they don't necessarily have the best. They have good players. They don't necessarily have the best players. But they found the right players to execute exactly what it is they want to execute. And Bill Belichick has said this time and time again, Alex. Communication is so important on defense uh, because of this one particular reason. If everybody is on the same play, whether or not it's the right play or the right call or not, if everybody's doing the same thing, you can really um, pick up each other uh, if you know, somebody breaks down in coverage because, you know, everybody's reading the same thing. Uh, it, the real problems come when you have, uh, players reading two or three different things and playing two or three different defenses. That's when big plays happen. And I think the Patriots, uh, in the second half of the season have at least all been on the same page. And you have to credit a lot of the veterans on defense, like the Dante Hightowers, the Devin McCourties, for getting everybody uh, in line and playing the same defense, whether or not it's the best defense for a particular play. Yeah, I, I love that you brought up Donta Hightower because I don't think, you know, he's not having the best season statistically. He hasn't been around the ball as much as he has in years past, but you see the difference when he's on the field. He's missed a lot of time the last couple of years and the defense has struggled. What he does as a communicator in the middle of that defense and getting everybody in the right spot and getting everybody on the same page uh, that's that's very hard to replace, and that's something they really don't replace when he's out of the lineup. So, yeah, I, you know, I had somebody kind of get annoyed with me the other day when I said Donta Hightower's made a huge difference. I said, you barely see him on defense. 
it's what he's doing before the snap that's really helping. And yeah, his play has dropped a little bit, and that happens with a guy at his age who has his injury history. But what he's brought as a communicator has been invaluable to them. I don't doubt that for one second. And, you know, I think a lot of people, when they uh, look at the Patriots, they are looking for more playmakers. They're looking for sacks. They're looking for interceptions. And that's not always the way the Patriots play the game. And it's hard for fans to kind of get on board with that. Now, you know, the breakdowns or the penalties are the things that the breakdowns way downfield when you're allowing 40 yard completions uh, because you had a busted coverage or you have offsides or defensive holding because of bad uh, mechanics. That's when fans, I think, uh, have a right to get upset. But, you know, just because uh, teams or um, the Patriots aren't playing spectacular defense or making huge uh, defensive plays isn't always a reason to get on them. Right, and they're starting to clean that stuff up, and that's something you can't really explain. It sounds dumb to say, okay, when they get to the playoffs, it's going to click, but doesn't that doesn't this team do that on both sides of the ball? I feel like you know it's our job to analyze it and break it down, and we should have a reason that when they get to the playoffs, those things sometimes just go away, but it's just an intangible. Maybe it's the coaching. Maybe it's the experience of having been there before, but that's just something I feel like when they get to the playoffs, those mistakes won't happen. And I, I, again, I can't explain it. I know I'm probably coming off like a bit of a homer saying it, but we've seen it happen before. So it's, again, I, it's something that I just, I'm expecting to see from them going forward. Okay, here's the big problem with what you just said. The last road playoff game, the last two road playoff games they've played uh, were in Denver, and they lost them both in the AFC Championship game. They haven't won a road playoff game uh, since San Diego back in 2005. And that's going to be, you know, what you hear in the playoffs. Even if the Patriots get the number two seed and the Chiefs avoid the upset, if the Chiefs wind up as the number one seed and uh, the Patriots are the number two seed and the Patriots have to go to Kansas City, you're going to hear that refrain over and over and over again. Do I think the Patriots can beat Kansas City in Kansas City? If Tom Brady's reasonably healthy, I do think they can. Uh, but they are a different defensive team on the road than they are at home. And you bring up Pittsburgh, and the secondary played very, very well against arguably the best set of receivers in the National Football League. Uh, but they... In terms of the attitude, the attitude we saw Sunday in terms of stopping uh, the Bills running game and really playing um, a very stout defensive style at the line of scrimmage, we haven't seen on the road, and that is the thing to me that's got to get fixed. Yeah, there's still no reason to believe this team can win on the road because we really haven't seen them do it. They haven't done it outside of the division except for Chicago, and that was almost a, a, a midtown miracle. Remember, they, they stopped the Hail Mary at the one-yard line. Correct. And, and that's the game. Game. Yeah, not to interrupt you. That's the game where Josh Gordon leapt over one of the Chicago Bears and left right. a, another bear open behind him. Which is probably why he wasn't out there at the end against Miami, but that's the conversation that's already been had. Um, again, we still haven't seen this team win on the road, so there's no reason to believe they can do it until they do it. Kansas City, very similar environment to Denver, too. And it's going to be cold. Uh, you have that old-school, ruckus fan base. It's a long trip out there. So there, there are a lot of similarities there. And, again, I'm not saying they're going to get to the playoffs and they're going to be perfect, but 
you know, I don't know that a team like Baltimore or Houston gives them a lot of trouble at home. Might it be a close game? Sure. But I just, the, the things they've been doing to keep teams in games to this point, I don't see them doing at home in the playoffs. Now, when they get on the road, that's another story. And yes, I think you do have to look closely at what it would take to win in Kansas City, given the way the last matchup went. Now, there's no Kareem Hunt. It looked for a second last night that there might not be Tariq Hill either. And all of a sudden, it was, wow, this is right. everything coming up for the Patriots again. That was a moment, but um, I wouldn't imagine they put him at risk much next week against Oakland. So you assume he'll be there in the playoffs. That That's another animal. I, I think the Patriots can get there. I'm relatively confident they can get there. But having to go to Kansas City is another animal. Like you said, this team hasn't faced in a long time. They haven't won a road playoff game since that Chargers game. Which they barely won. Remember, they've only played three Troy road Brown. Play- That's right. They've only played three road playoff games since. So, so there's not a lot of experience there. It's almost the price of success. Where Brady hasn't had to go into these other buildings and win games. Now he's done that in the Super Bowl. That's a neutral site. That's a little different. Again, that's that's where Bill Belichick needs to be at his best and figure out a way where he can level the playing field because there's a clear advantage in that game for the Chiefs, and he's done this before. You go all the way back to 2001. The Rams had a clear advantage in that Super Bowl. Bill Belichick figured out if he raised the physicality, he could level the playing field. They can't do that anymore because they've changed the rules, but if the Patriots want a chance in Kansas City, and this is well down the road, a lot of things have to happen, but it's going to be up to Bill Belichick to figure out a way to level the playing field. Speaking with Alex Barth of CLNS Media, covering the Patriots and all things Boston sports. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about the future of journalism. If you haven't seen it by now, here's your chance to join a sports revolution. It's called The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash patsbeat, all lowercase, and sign up now for 40% off. That's theathletic.com slash p-a-t-s-b-e-a-t, all lowercase, for your first subscription to The Athletic for less than $3 a month. I was just reading uh, Jeff Howe's terrific article on Tom Brady's left knee injury and how the Patriots might want to protect him and what they need to do to get Tom Brady right for the playoffs. Of course, there's always Matt Chatham's great weekly insight to the X's and the O's. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for the diehard fam. The model is simple, no ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos. Readers subscribe for authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their teams inside and out. Go to theathletic.com slash patsbeat, all lowercase. Again, that's theathletic.com slash patsbeat for 40% off. Subscribe now and be part of the future of sports journalism. Back with Alex Barth of CLNS Media. Okay, what is your biggest reason for optimism heading into the playoffs, Alex? Uh, I'm not, okay, so I'm not sure if this quite answers the question, the bye week. I, I, the biggest reason for optimism, fair. If, if the Patriots can get that bye week, I think a week off is going to do this team a lot of good. I think it will help them get healthy, not just Tom Brady. I think Rob Gronkowski's dealing with some stuff physically. I don't think James White, as well as he played yesterday, I think he's he's working his way back, but I think he still may have something that's bugging him defensively. Again, it's a long season. Guys get hurt. I think having a week off to both recover and to game plan is exactly what the Patriots need right now. By week, week eight, you think, okay, that's the perfect week. It's the halfway point of the season. It's not for the Patriots. It never is. It's a little before halfway because you got a factor in January. Um, I just think a, a week off 
stuff is going to do the if they get it again if they get it um, is going to do this a lot of good. What's your biggest concern besides Tom Brady? Besides Tom Brady, my biggest concern is again: can this team win on the road? And how much are they going to have to do that? I'd like to think they're going to beat the Jets. They actually should beat the Jets, but uh, Sam Darnold looked good yesterday. He did. So they got to take care of business there, and then you hope it's just one road game and the Patriots can work their magic against the Chiefs, but I'm not planning on more than one trip, I guess is what I'm so... I don't know if they have more than one road in, one road win in them. If they have to go on the road in the divisional round and then go again in the championship round, that's asking a lot for a team that, again, has not won on the road, so... My biggest concern is what do the Patriots look like when they leave Gillette Stadium? Because the team we see at Gillette, you look at the splits offensively when it comes to scoring, they're actually scoring more points per game at home than they were last year. They're about a field goal better at home. On the road, they're 10 points worse. So can that home team show up on the road, especially in an environment uh, like Kansas City? That's the thing that's really worrying me is the road Patriots showing up as the road Patriots. I don't think they have any problem with the New York Jets uh, this week. I, I, I mean, again, I, I don't just, either, but I, I don't want to say they'll have the bye and then they don't. I look like an idiot. Well, I, I look come like on. an idiot enough normally. We all look know. like idiots one at <laughs> one point or another during the course of a football season because nobody proves journalists and, and prognosticators wrong more than Bill Belichick and the Patriots, right? That is absolutely true. That is, uh, that's Gil Santos' famous call from before the uh, 2001 AFC Championship game. Oh, that's right. Good. Yeah, I like that reference there, Alex. One rookie I want to talk about that is going to have a huge impact, I think, on on the Patriots' defensive fortunes going forward is yet another undrafted uh, player. Uh, this one out of Maryland, J.C. Jackson. Uh, what have been your biggest impressions about the way this kid's played? I think the biggest thing for him, and you see it with a lot of these other UDFA fits they've had, the kid plays like he's a first-round pick. The kid plays like he's been in this league playing at an elite level for five years. He's very confident. He trusts his ability. He trusts his teammates around him, which a lot of rookies struggle with, I think, at times, all over the field, not just at cornerback. He he plays like a seasoned veteran. And Malcolm Butler did the same thing. I thought the limited amount of time we saw him in New England, Craven LeBlanc did the same thing. I thought Kyle Arrington did the same thing. So it's, he just fits that mold that the Patriots have had of these guys who come in, not even drafted, and look like they've been in the league for a long time. I also just think physically, and it, it, it matches up well with Stephon Gilmore. A lot of what the Patriots are, especially on defense, they're going to try to outsmart you instead of outmuscle you. They're, they're trying to be superior with their football IQ as opposed to their ability. But he brings a lot of physical ability to the cornerback position and opposite Stephon Gilmore. And it's it's different sort of uh, physical ability for Jackson. It's more quickness and agility. For Gilmore, it's more hitching the mouth. But he pairs nicely with Gilmore with those two bring physically is not a look the Patriots have had in the last couple of years. And I think Bill Belichick's really been able to experiment and have some fun with that. So I love J.C. Jackson. I know Sony's had a great year. I actually think J.C. Jackson has been the rookie of the year for this team just because without him, I don't know where they're at defensively right now. I know Jason McCourty's been good, but that flexibility, again, has been huge for the defense. So uh, I've been wildly impressed with him as a guy that I thought might not make the roster. I thought they were going to keep Ryan Lewis uh, who's now in Buffalo, they ended up keeping Jackson instead, and it's absolutely paid off. So there you go. Again, uh, Bill Belichick proving us wrong. What about the special teams? I mean, I think 
you know, we're still waiting for that first big moment, I think, for Steven Guskowski, aren't we, in a playoff game? Yeah, especially if you have to go out west and there's demons out there for him. I mean, they're in Denver. They're not in Kansas City, but it's similar. The special teams has been up and down. I've said this before. I'm not somebody who's going to complain about Bill Belichick paying special teamers. I actually don't have a problem with it. Uh, you know, the, the guys like the Brandon Kings and the Matthew Slaters. But if that's where your resources are going, you better have one of the best special teams units in the league because most other teams aren't paying there. So if you're going to if you're going to pay money, you better have a, a better outcome. And it's been hit and miss at times. Obviously, blocking a couple of punts the other week was nice, but the kickoff return coverage has suffered. You wonder if he's going to pay people. Should he have paid Brandon Bolden? Um, just overall, I know you brought up uh, Gasaski, but overall on special teams, They've been hit and miss at times, too, this year, and we've seen special teams decide games in the postseason. So, yeah, Gostowski, I think we're waiting on in that kickoff coverage, too. I'm always uneasy about when uh, returners are running kickoffs out against the Patriots. I feel like they haven't been as solid on their contain there as they have been in past years. Well, I, I got to tell you, I think a big part of that is the change in the kickoff rules and not having a wedge and everybody yeah. having man-to-man coverage. I just think, you know, it impacted the Patriots more than other teams because I think a lot of their kickoff coverages, um, and certainly Joe Judge had a big part of this and still does as their special teams coordinator, um, I think they were reliant on wedges and whatnot, and I think the man-to-man coverage has taken a lot of getting used to. And yeah, that that's definitely a part of it. But again, you have you know the team that focuses so much on special teams, and you know it's it's the the special teams pinnacle of the NFL. You'd think they would get it figured out, and like you said, still kind of putting those pieces together. Any big plans for New Year's? Uh, that that's a very good question. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. I'm normally a last second uh, New Year's person. Actually, last year, you know what? I was I had plans bail on me at the last second. I was at home. I was watching Netflix. Had a couple drinks. In bed by like 1230, it was a very relaxing night. It was exactly what I needed. I would not hate doing that again. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. I want to thank our great guest, Alex Barth, the most versatile guy on our staff in terms of shooting uh, and reporting. And uh, Alex, you really do put up with a lot of grief from me. And I me- I say this because there's a story that people don't under- uh, ever see uh, with me and Alex, and that is... I give this guy more uh, hassle, more grief on a game day than any human being should really put up with. Well, look, I'm just trying to be – I'm trying to approach it as if, if Bill Belichick was running a media organization, what kind of people would he want? It's that do everything, right? You call me the Matthew Slater of CLNS. Uh, definitely. Uh, you know what? That's not bad. I'll, I will call you the Matthew Slater of CLNS. I also want to, of course, thank our great sponsors, Hims and The Athletic, for producer Mike Alonji, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. This is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast. Or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.